our study on the Sermon on the Mount. And we have titled the sermon series, Kingdom Citizens, because the Sermon on the Mount is directed at disciples. The crowds are there, but it's not until Jesus sits down. Or excuse me, it's not until his disciples come that Jesus sits down. And sitting down was the uh, was the uh, traditional uh, traditional posture. He began. So today, let's hear how Jesus tells us how to pray. Would you stand in honor of the reading of God's word? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word you may see. Father, of all the things that I preach and all the passages of scripture that I preach Lord these on prayer are the most daunting for me because I like your disciples have to constantly ask you to teach me to pray Thank you today that it is your grace that allows me to stand before you, Jesus. When I preach not as one who has it all together, but as a fellow struggler, especially when it comes to prayer. Daddy. And Lord, I really want a bicycle. Would you please bless me with a bicycle for my birthday? <laughs> Mommy looked at Johnny and said, Johnny, God's not deaf. <laughs> and he said, Yeah, but Grandma is. She's a little <laughs> It's funny, but unfortunately, that's how a lot of people see prayer. This is teaching us, no, it's not what prayer is about. We saw last week that, you know, prayer is directed to our Father in Heaven who definitely already knows what we need before we even ask Him. And we ask because it demonstrates our complete dependence not pray, forgive me of my sins. It is a prayer for his disciples. And it is a prayer, you know, sometimes we need to remember the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer. He says, he says when you pray, acknowledging truths that, that he is our father, the name would be hallowed. God would be seen as holy. And neighbor up in 
who mispronounced my name, who you really are. We want to, we want everyone to know that he's holy. His glory. And you see that in, in the prayer that Jesus teaches us. He says, What? Who created us, who sustains us, who cares enough about us to give us every day what we need. And when we pray, God, forgive me of my debts, forgive me of my trespassing, and glorifying God the Holy Spirit. Who is my who is my uh, who is my guide? Who in my house shall be a house of worship? He doesn't say, My house shall be a house of singing. He doesn't say, My house shall be a house of preaching. He says, What? My house shall be a house of prayer for the nations. That prayer is about worship, all prayer. That the purpose of my prayer is worship. But then he teaches us when we pray, we need to remember the priority of prayer. Listen, the priority of prayer is mission. The priority of prayer is God's mission to redeem a lost world. Jesus said, I have come to what? To seek and to save that which is lost. And so when we, he, he says, our Father in heaven, Lord, more than anything else in all the world, I want your name to be hallowed. I want your name to be made holy. And Lord, I want, I, Lord, keep in front of me how holy and awesome you are. Repent and believe the gospel. Why is the kingdom of God hard? Everyone who says Jesus is Lord, people to raise their hands to make a decision for Christ. What did Jesus say? He said, go into the world and make disciples. The kingdom comes and his will we see that even in the prayer that he prayed in John 17. In John 17, Jesus prays his prayer. And he says in verse 1, when it says in word verse 1, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's what he's saying right now. You glorify me so that I can hallow your name. And then what does he say? He says, since you have given him authority over all flesh to what? To give eternal life to all you have given him. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. You hear in Jesus' prayer right there at the beginning. Hallowed be your name. Glorify me so that what? I may give eternal life to everyone you give. So the priority of our prayer life should be the mission of God. To see men and women, boys and girls, 
not only here, but around the world, give their heart and life to Jesus Christ. You hear that over and over again in the prayers of Paul. As you read them in, in Scripture, in Colossians, he says what? Pray for me also that a door may be opened for me to proclaim the gospel. In Ephesians, pray, uh, pray for me that I might be given words to share the gospel for which I am in chains. Man, let's stop there for a moment. When you pray, is mission at the center of everything you're praying for? Or is it on the periphery? So much so that we may never even Jesus is saying, listen, when you pray, listen, your Heavenly Father already knows your needs. And we're going to talk about that in a moment, of why we pray for our needs. But he says, man, at the heart of it is the mission. But the gospel would go forth. giving us inroads into the apartments back here to do a, a block party. We need to be praying every day, what? That the doors will be open. That the gospel will be proclaimed. We pray for our church. What are we praying for? Listen, I understand God, we cast our cares upon Him because God cares about us. But His heart for us is to pray for the mission. That's the priority. I didn't say that Jesus did. My purpose, God, glory, be glorified. Be, let everyone see that you're holy. The best way to do that is what? That people give their heart and lives to Jesus Christ. That's right. So when I look at my prayer life, I look and I say, God, God, is it about, is it about hallowing your name? Or is it about Jerusalem, right where you're at? Then into Judea, to the surrounding area, to Samaria, to the people you don't like. Right. And to the othermost parts of the earth. People say, well, Steve, that means i got to start. And, and until I get done here in my Jerusalem, then I'll move on. No. It, it, it's not a It's all in one.
so as we pray, Jesus says, remember the priorities. Remember the purpose, but, but remember the petitions. What are the petitions about? You know, because he gives us three petitions for us here. To give us our day, our daily bread, to forgive us, and to lead us not into temptation. Three things we need to pray for ourselves and for the people around us. But what's the purpose behind what, what's What's behind that? May I, may I suggest it's discipleship? May I suggest it's surrender? It is, and I couldn't really go back to worship again because, because this is, praying these prayers is what Paul is saying in, 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 in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, where he says, in view of God's mercy, present your bodies as living sacrifices. You know, a sacrifice is dead. So what is a living sacrifice? A living sacrifice is one who dies to himself every day. And I can die to myself, you know. In this world, you've got to look out after number one. Isn't that right? That's what the world teaches us. The world teaches us, if you don't look out after number one, nobody's going to do it. What's God saying? God is saying, you look out after number one and trust me to take care of you. Amen. <coughs> That's what these petitions are about. And, think, and I never thought about it until I was studying this week. It's, it's about laying my whole life on the altar, past, present, and future. Because what? I'm praying, Lord, Give me the give me today, this day, my daily bread. I'm giving my present to the Lord. Where I'm at right now. Now, why does he say daily bread? Well, it's because in the Old Testament, bread was was the was what represented uh, all the provisions of life. You remember in the wilderness, <coughs> they children of Israel, they, they were doing good. Until they started listening to their stomachs. And what did they say? You brought us out here to die. At least we had cucumbers in Egypt. <laughs> and what does God do? He gives them bread from heaven. Manna from heaven. And he tells them what? To do what? Pick up how many days worth? One day's work, step on the step the day before the Sabbath. And if they picked up more than one day's work, what happened to what was left over? It's full. Why? Because what, what was God teaching them? God was teaching them that I will supply all your needs according to your riches and glory. And so when I come to God and I'm praying, what am I doing? God already knows my needs. I am just saying, God, I trust you. I'm trusting you today that my needs will be met. Don't worry about what you will eat or what you will drink. 
But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you as well. Now he doesn't say he will give you all your wants, but he will give you and he will provide you for everything you need. I have never seen the righteous their seed and so when I'm coming to God in prayer and I'm talking about my needs today I'm just saying Lord I trust you I'm laying my life on the altar I know life is looking out after number one today because if I don't take care of myself nobody will but Lord I'm just going to trust you today <laughs> that you're going to provide for everything I, I, I need So I'm going to give you my today to you, my present. But Lord, not only do I give my present to you, but I give my past to you as well. Forgive me of my debts. Forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those who are indebted to me, as I forgive those who trespass to you. I want to talk about that part more next week. But, but here, here, here it is. It is a recognition that, that how, how do we come to Christ? We come to Christ by repentance and faith. What does Jesus say? The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. I'm sorry for those of you who have heard that the only requirement is to believe the gospel. Because I know a lot of preachers today leave out that word repent. But it's repent and believe the gospel. Repent says I'm going to turn away. And I will turn away from my sin. I'm turning away from myself. I'm no longer trusting me. I'm not going to do it my way. I'm going to turn and I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe the gospel. The gospel is this. That Jesus Christ is King of Kings and Lord of Lords who died for me. So my life is not his. And so every that's how I come into the kingdom. That's how I come into the kingdom. That's how I become a Christian. That's every day how I live as a Christian. That's every day how I live as a Christian. Because guess what? Every day. Every day. Guess what? Yesterday. May, may I make a confession to you? Today. Yesterday I blew it. Yesterday, I sinned. And guess what? Some of the sins I am well aware of. And some of them are just so ingrained in my personality that I don't, ever, I don't really think of. But I sinned yesterday. And so not only do I give my today to the Lord and say, Today, Lord, I'm trusting you to meet all my needs. Today, I'm giving you my yesterday. I'm giving you all my faults and all my failures yesterday. And, 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 I, and I'm trusting you that you will forgive me. And that's a hard thing to do. You may say, Steve, why is that a hard thing to do? Because every one of us hold our past against ourselves. 
God says, I will take your sins, and they are nailed to the cross. They are thrown into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered anymore. They have been cast as far as the east is from the west. I am not holding when you I am not holding your sin against you. Why are you? It's learning to trust God that He is going that He really does and will forgive my sin. That I, that, that I am not only surrendering my present to the Lord to say, Lord, I know you're going to take care of my need, but Lord, I'm also surrendering my past to you because I know that you'll forgive them. But it's also giving my future to the Lord. I don't know what tomorrow will bring, but I do know one thing it will bring. It will bring temptation. You know, it's interesting to me that in the scriptures, the same word for test is the same word for temptation. Now, God tempts no one, but he, but, but he does allow tests to be put in our past. And as believers, we're never meant to give in to temptation. No temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. And when you are tempted, God has provided a way out. A way of escape. But I know me. I know me. I know that tomorrow, if certain things happen, I'm going to respond a certain way. Because I love you. Author Hebrews says that, that we have sin that easily entangles us. I'll share with you mine if you'll share with me yours. Mm -hmm. Since you don't want to share with me yours, I won't share with you. <laughs> I, I, I know me. I, I know the spirit is willing. <coughs> but I know my flesh is <laughs> So I have to give my tomorrow to the Lord. Yes. He tells me not to worry about tomorrow, but he does tell me what? To leave me not into temptation. To say, Lord, I know. I know if it's put there, there's a good chance that it's going to trip me up. So, Lord, i got to give you to my tomorrow. I've given you my present. I, I, I'm trusting you. You're going to provide for my needs today. I've given you my past, Lord. I know, God, that, 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 that you have forgiven my sins, and I'm trusting that. But, God, I've got to trust you for tomorrow. 
that you won't lead me into temptation. And then, you know, the good news is that he delivers us from the fowler's snare. That's right. What a temptation is, it's a snare. And what do you put in the snare? You put something appetizing, something you want. And when you reach for it, you're hooked. And God delivers us from the fowler's snare two ways. He will deliver us from getting into it, or he will deliver us out of it once we're in. That's why it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, I, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know tomorrow holds temptation, so Father, lead me not into it. Lord, help me to see it before it comes. Help me to be ready so that I can respond in the right way and, and, and respond the way you want me to. But Lord, if I don't, and I fall into it, Lord, I'm going to trust you and get me out. Because he's promised to do so. He's promised to do so. That's what the petitions are about. The petitions are about me laying my life on the altar and saying, God, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you with today. I'm trusting you with yesterday. And I'm trusting you with my whole life on the altar for you. And Jesus says, when you pray, remember that. Remember, it's about worship. It's about, it's about His name being hallowed. It's about Him being reverenced, Him being revered. It's about Him being glorified and magnified. And when you pray, remember, it's about the mission. And when you pray, remember it's about surrendering your life to Him and just simply trusting Him. Billy Graham tells the story of coming back from Europe and on, on one of those big cruise liners. And, you know, for him it was smaller in those days, but you remember he tells the story of being on the deck when they were coming into the harbor and he said, you know, it, it was interesting. I, I watched the men just throw ropes out to the to the uh, 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 to the pier, and, and then I heard those engines turn. He says, "Amazing thing happened. The pier didn't come to us. The ship was drawn to the pier." He said, "You know, I was thinking about that." And he said, "You know, that's what prayer is. Prayer is not getting God down." To Prayer is about getting us to Him. About getting us to Him. And making sure that we're praying how Jesus.